this morning. I want to tell you, uh, if you came here and today is your first time or you're, um, you're a guest with us today, man, we are pumped up that you guys came to hang out with us at Four Points Memorial Day weekend uh, so you guys could be anywhere. And we counted an honor, honestly, we counted an honor that you guys would choose to worship with us. Today's an awesome day. We've already had one person baptized. And so we are excited. We're going to have a few more get baptized at the end of this service. And that's always fun. I, I just want to say this before I introduce um, my pastor this morning who is going to preach for us in just a second. Everything that you guys do, because there's a lot of people in here that I can see just by looking out that volunteer and are very generous to our church and, and all of those things that you are doing, you're doing an amazing job. And the result of what you're doing by being faithful to God by your tithes and offerings and faithful to God by serving is the reason that we've seen people get saved every single Sunday but one um, since, since April started. It's been amazing how God's working, and so we love you, and we're thankful for you guys this morning. And aren't you thankful for that worship team, man? I, they, are, they are awesome. Y'all can clap. That's a good time to clap because uh, I feel blessed to have them. And I'm going to ask y'all to clap a little better than that in just a second so y'all get your hands warmed up. Because when Pastor Dean comes up here, we're going to stand to our feet and get excited. But let me just introduce Pastor Dean. Uh, some of y'all know him and some of you don't. If you looked over our way while we were worshiping, you didn't miss him because he is a massive human being. Um, I'm actually pretty big. I don't know if y'all know me uh, that well. So if you, if you just see me and I say hey to you, you may not know me personally. But I'm a pretty big dude. Like I'm 6'4 and I'm down to 250, which is awesome. But thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. That is definitely down. But... Um, but I'm a pretty big dude, and I literally can hide behind Dean because he is crazy humongous. Like, I don't know, just look. It's, it's big. He's, he's big. But like two and a half years ago, y'all know we started our church. And if you don't, if you're a guest, we started our church, man. And we, we know God called us to do this, but we honestly had no clue what we were doing. Um, we had so much excitement and anticipation of God's calling. But, I mean, we thought if you just have a speaker in a band, that's all the church is, right? So it's awesome. And and it's amazing how much I could tell you what we didn't know and how much this man and his church have come beside us and poured into us. And um, so often what I have witnessed in growing up in church and then seeing other churches, so often what I've witnessed is pastors being on their own or churches kind of being on their own, being in competition with everybody. And what they have taught us is we're on the same team and I can have a pastor too. And so we're not Pentecostal, and I've never really been around a lot of Pentecostals until recently, um, just growing and learning and, and being around some pastor friends. And they have what's called bishops. And so there's a pastor of every house, of every church. And then there's certain pastors that are senior pastors that pour into young guys like me, and they're your bishop. They're like the grandfather pastor of the church. Well, that's what Dean is to us. He considers you guys part of him. Their church considers us part of them. Matter of fact, when you look at these speakers, when you look at these lights, when you look at so many things in our kids' area and so many things every single week, everything in the Lorax area came from them that's there right now. We didn't pay any money for that Lorax stuff. Every single week, there is stuff in our church that is a result of our relationship with them, and it's unbelievable. And we don't even ask. They just love on us and they give us. Your worship guys that you're holding right now, guess who prints them? Five Point Church. And so everything that we do has their thumbprint on it, their fingerprint on it. And I just want to say on behalf of you guys who are four-pointers, Pastor Dean, we love you, man, for real. And we don't just love you because you're loud and obnoxious and you're a bigger version of me. We love you because you love us and because 
you sacrificially give to church plants, specifically four points, and expect nothing in return. And so I just want you to know, man, it's an honor, seriously, from the bottom of my heart, that you would come on your day off and you would hang out with us. And I, I just hope that, will you guys just stand to your feet and tell Pastor Dean how much you appreciate him being here this morning. Come on up, Pastor Dean. Thank you. Don't sit down. Don't. I was just kidding. You be seated. He didn't have to do that. I appreciate it. I do love four points, and I love uh, what God's doing here, and, and consider an honor to be here. I, Mark was in my office a few weeks ago, and I said, I'm not going to speak Memorial Day, and I'm going to come and just hang out with you guys. Well, then you're going to speak because you've never spoken at our church. Like, great, be honored to. So good to be here. Uh, start by asking you a question. If I asked you to describe the average American church person in one or two words, would it be generous? <laughs> we know that 97% of the American church does not tithe, and they actually hoard their money. All right? would, uh, would it be loving and compassionate? Okay. Today is... It's not a trick, not a trick question, church, okay? Today is... Sunday, very good. I have trained our people at Five Points so that when I actually teach them, we, we, we back and forth, man. We talk. So when I ask you questions, don't sit there and look at me like church people. It's okay to have fun. Is it okay to have fun in church? Yes. That's right. So we're going to talk. Today is? Say so you're getting it already. Half of you are still over your head, but it's okay. If I asked you, are church people loving and compassionate, you would say? No, probably not. Probably not. In fact, I've been around church people all my life, grew up in the church, and church people can be some of the meanest, rudest people I've ever met. Would you agree? Yes, yes no doubt. Would, uh, would uh, just kind-hearted describe church people today? No. How about a, 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 a spirit of just wanting to serve others constantly? No. How about bold? Would bold be one of them? No. But as church people, as followers of Christ, should we be those things that I just described? Yes, and probably the one that we are least is bold, is bold. And I'm not a real smart guy, so I always go to my friend Webster to look and see what words mean. And this is what Webster, my friend, said bold means, confident and courageous. Does that define the average American church person? No. How about without feelings of shame? No, it doesn't. Why? Why? Should we be bold for our king? For the three people that agree, yes. Should we be bold for our king? I mean, we should at least be bold enough that we'd say yes in church, shouldn't we? Yes. I am amazed at what people will stand up for and what they want. I, I played football at Clemson, big Clemson fan. I, I meant to bring my national championship ring and some other rings, and I just forgot them. But, but I know people who will stand up for for football more so than Christ. I go to Death Valley and see 80,000 people going nuts for someone they don't even know. It amazes me. I want you to watch this video and watch people who are bold for what they believe in. The 
后来他消失在人群中，下落不明，连姓名都难以确认。对于全世界千百万的电视观众来说。Dick Hoyt will pull, pedal, and push his son Rick, who was born without the ability to move or speak. This is how father and son spend their time together, nearly every single weekend, going back 30 years. Dick and Rick Hoyt have completed over 240 triathlons, and on their lazier Sunday afternoons, over 68 marathons. curiosity I started asking people why is it you think this is a couple years ago why is it you think that we have so many people who aren't willing to stand up for what they believe in the church why is it so many people aren't bold and and these are the top four answers that I got from asking I'm not gonna say hundreds but from asking a lot of people I've never really seen someone be bold for Christ that's okay that's fair if you've never really seen it it's hard to go and do it I don't know how I'm okay Dean, what would other people think of me? Because if I really began to be outspoken and, and bold for Christ, what would other people think of me? And then, Dean, in today's time, I could get hurt. You know what? Those are four fair answers. I agree. I'll just hold that thought. How many parents do we have in the house? You know, you, you've got children, not most of you. How many of you... Obviously the women, but how many of the husbands, you were in there when you saw your child born? Raise your hand. Okay, most of you there also. I, I have three kids. I have one that is 35, one that is 25, one that is 15. We, we, we'd like to spread them out, just kind of, you know, help each other. And then we have two grandsons that are, that are seven and five. I didn't watch my grandsons be born. But when it came to my three kids, there was something special about when they were born, put into a blanket, and they were handed to you. I mean, it's just at that moment you were connected. You been there? Now, for the people who say, and my child was so beautiful, you ever seen a brand new baby? <laughs> that ain't happening, all right? But here is a picture of a mama with her precious little baby. And she loved that baby. I mean, it was her first one, and, 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 and she was connected to it, and she loved that little baby, and that little, it was a little girl. And that little girl grew and grew until finally that little girl was five years old. And when that little girl was five years old, she wanted to have the birthday of all birthday parties for her. So they were at Walmart. And if you've ever had a little girl at five years old, they love to talk, don't they? 
mine did anyway. Oh, my gosh. I used to think, now that Michelle's 35, when she was five years old, there were times I wanted to say, Pumpkin, I love you, but just shut up. Please catch a breath. That's how this little girl was. So she took her daughter to Walmart, and she was looking at these presents and saying, Mommy, I want, which one of these? All of them. I want this, and I want this. Mommy, I like this. Mommy, I like this. Well, the mom was reading some directions on one of the toys because she wanted to get just the perfect toy, and she was reading the safety this and safety that. And the little girl was here, and she kept, I want this, Mommy, I want this. And she, oh, I want this, and I want this. And they started getting a little bit further away and a little bit further away. But Mama would still kind of glance over and see her. Well, Mama got really really connected and into reading the set of directions, and she noticed that her child got quiet. And when she noticed that her child got quiet, she looked. And at that moment, 20, 25 feet from her, a total stranger, a man, was picking her child up and making an exit with her child. Now, what should mama do? I can't believe not one mom said a word. What should mama do? Go get her baby, correct? Would you not do everything you could to get that baby? But here's a question I need to ask. You've never seen someone take your child before? You don't know how to go beat a man to get your child? What if that man wanted to hurt you? What would everybody in Walmart think if they saw you with your purse beating another man? You know what, ladies? You wouldn't really care, would you? Because you've got one thing in your mind, and that one thing is what? I'm going to get my baby back. Take your Bibles. How many have your Bibles? Let me see them. How many have your Bibles? All right. There's something about God's people and God's house with God's word. Bring your Bibles. I know it's going to be on the big screen, but that way you can underline and circle and, and, and take a part in it. Take your Bibles. Turn to Matthew, uh, Matthew 10 with me. And I want you to read just a couple verses of what Jesus said. Matthew 10, verse 37 says this. Anyone, who does anyone include? All of us, everybody in this room, he's speaking straight to me and you. Anyone who loves their father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. And anyone who loves their, their what? Son or daughter? Stupid question. Why was mama willing to do whatever it took to go get that baby? Because she had a love relationship with that child. I don't think we have a coward problem in the American church. I think we have a love problem. Let's keep keep going. Whoever does not take up their cross and follow me is not worthy of me. So, Dean, what's Jesus saying? That if you're willing to put it all on the line for your kid because of love, but yet you're not willing to say one word about me, there's got to be a love problem. Is that fair, church? And here's the thing about boldness. We do not get boldness just zapped to us. Boom, be bold. It doesn't happen that way. So let me ask a question as we get ready to jump into the meat of the message. How many of you this morning would agree with me that you need to have more boldness when it comes to your walk with Jesus Christ? Put your hand real quick. Okay, basically everybody just raise their hands. I'm going to ask you if you would right now just to pray. And this is what I'm going to ask you to pray. That the Holy Spirit would speak to you exactly as you need to be spoken to this morning. And that you would respond. There's a big difference in in hearing a word and then responding to it. So let's pray. Lord Jesus, 
I pray that you speak to each and every heart that is here on this Memorial Day weekend. And I pray that as you speak to hearts, that they will respond exactly as you desire. Church, I want you to pray that prayer right now in your own words. Be glorified, Lord Jesus. We ask this in your name. Amen. So this morning, let's talk about five facts about boldness. Here we go. Five facts about boldness. Now, I know because I've had to train our people at Five Point for years now. A lot of you are going to sit like this and look at me. Okay? You're going to look miserable. You're going to look like church people. If you just raised your hands and admitted that you need more boldness for Jesus Christ, would you please take notes? Because you're not going to walk out of here with every word that's memorized. Some said yes, some said no. Here we go. Five facts about boldness. Number one, boldness is not a spiritual gift. Boldness is not a spiritual gift. When you accepted the Holy Spirit into your life, when you accepted Christ, he didn't say, okay, you get boldness, you get boldness. No, no. A few of you, okay, yes. No, That didn't happen. Boldness is not a spiritual gift. Well, how do you receive boldness then? You told me earlier that that mama was willing to go get that baby because of what reason? Love. How do you grow bolder in Christ? Love. And it starts right here. It starts right here in the Word of God. I'm going to ask a very serious question. How many of you have read your Bible every day since last Sunday? Raise your hand. Three of us. Be honest, be honest. How many of you have been on Facebook or watched TV every day since last Sunday? Raise your hand. What seems to be more important to us? Come on, church, talk to me. You're the ones here on a Memorial Day weekend. You're the ones. You're here. You're the backbone. But yet, you're not spending time in God's Word. You know how you fall in love with someone? Spending time with them. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. You want to draw closer to Christ? It starts right here. But also, when it comes to receiving more boldness for Christ, I believe we learn through our failures. I went to Africa six years ago. In fact, I leave Tuesday after next for my seventh trip. I'll be going to train five to 700 pastors. And, and Five Point of Easley has planted two churches called Five Point of Tabora and Five Point of Monza and hope to plant some more while we're there. We have now eight acres of land with a very good church on it. It has a set of bathrooms. And let me tell you something. A set of bathrooms at the church is huge there. And then there's a house where the, the keeper watches it and stays. And then we're going. I'm going this time to, to look at starting our orphanage there because of the kids that are everywhere. Their mamas and daddies have died of AIDS. But the first time that I went, I went with no agenda. I went just because I was invited. And I'm like, yeah, man, I'd love to go to Africa. And we... We showed up, and they immediately said, well, since you're a pastor, would you be willing to teach? And I started teaching, I don't know, 15, 20 people, and I taught all week long. And the day before we left, we went to a leper colony. And here was the funny thing. Two, three, four weeks before I left, I began to actually fast and pray, God, I want to see some supernatural things happen. 
I'm so tired of hearing people being healed in China, and I, and I hear of it in Africa, but I, but I never see it or experience it. God, I want to see someone get healed. I want to see people speak in tongues and see it interpreted. I want to see the very foundation of the church shake. I want to see the New Testament stuff, God. I want to experience it. And I began to pray this every single day. Then I get there. I began to see those kind of things in worship, the hunger these people had for the Word of God. And then we went to the leper colony. Here's a picture of one of the ladies that I got to serve. And if you notice, her toes and fingers are gone. That's because of the leprosy. It takes a $20 to $30 shot to cure this. But you have to take it in the first stages of leprosy. You know why they don't get the $20 to $30 shot and they end up dying of this? They don't have $20 to $30. So as we showed up to the leper colony, and that's what it is, it's a colony, it's out all by itself, and if you ever read through the Bible, you know that if someone with leprosy had to holler, unclean, unclean, it's because they didn't want anybody to be around them, and that's what they've done. They've stuck them over in this little compound all by themselves, they've got these little concrete squares that they call their houses, and we wouldn't allow our dogs to live that way. And while we were there, we went and bought all this corn and soap and water, and we took it to them, and, and then we were divvying it up. And while we were divvying it up, God spoke to me. Just look at this man. I took this picture personally myself. Because I had spilled some corn. And he was coming, crawling with no toes and nubs for fingers to pick up the leftover corn. Because he knew that could be a meal one day. But as we were pouring the corn into buckets, you can agree or disagree, it's okay, I don't care. God has spoke to me in an out loud voice three times in my life. And he said to me very plainly and very clearly out loud, go lay your hands on that leper and heal him. And he was speaking to that man who was sitting in the middle of the lepers. And I turned and I looked at my friends and said, what'd you say? And I mean, they're all busy pouring corn and we're all working and nothing. So I went back to work and I heard God the Father say again, go lay your hands on that leper and heal him. See, the very things I'd been praying for was now being answered. I didn't do it. I didn't do it. Why? I'd never seen someone healed before. I didn't know how. What would everybody think around me if I walked out there and laid my hands on him and started praying on him? What if I got leprosy? I didn't do it. So I began carrying the five-gallon buckets of corn to their houses, trying to make these words go away. On the two days of travel on the way home, I never slept. And the day that I got home, I didn't sleep. And it wasn't until my wife said, Dean, what's wrong with you? And I told her, Deb, I heard God speak to me, and I didn't do anything about it. And I showed her that picture. And said, God told me to heal him, and I didn't. And it was at that time that I said, Father God, I will never, ever back away again if you tell me to do something. You see, if we get really honest with each other, everybody in this room has been told by God the Father to do something, and we didn't do it because we cowered out. Would you agree, church? So let's ask. How many of you know? It may not have been to heal a leper. But you know God told you to do something and you didn't do it. Raise your hand. 
Here we go. How do we get boldness? Guys, you need to realize it's not a spiritual gift that comes through growing closer and closer to Christ. Number two. Before we go to number two, go back. I'm sorry. Let's go to Luke. Luke 22. I want to read this to you you, because he's going to show us how boldness comes about. Luke 22, verse 59 says this. About an hour later, another asserted, certainly this fellow was with him, for he is a Galilean. This is Peter. This is where Jesus said, you will deny me. And Peter said, no, I would never do that. And here he is doing it. Peter replied, man, I don't know what you're talking about. Just as he was speaking the rooster crow, the Lord turned and looked straight at Peter. Then Peter remembered the word the Lord had spoken to him. Before the rooster crows today, you'll disown me three times. And he went outside and he wept bitterly. Been there. Know exactly what Peter was experiencing. I believe a lot of you do too. Boldness isn't a spiritual gift. Number two, boldness moves God. Boldness moves God. Very serious question. Does God the Father want to see revival at Four Points Church? Okay, three people answered. It's not a trick question. Do you think God the Father wants to see revival at Four Points Church? Yes, he does. What's he waiting on? What's he waiting on? Wait on us. Does God the Father want to see revival at Five Point Church in Easley? Yes, he does. Does God the Father want to see the American church have revival? What's he waiting on? Waiting on us. And what we, if we could get this, boldness moves God. If this church would start to get bold and our church would get bold and the neighboring churches would get bold, we could change our cities because boldness moves God. The very same Peter who, who was cowering down from Jesus just a few chapters ago has now come out and begun to heal people. He's doing the very thing God told me to do. He's healing and he's preaching. And all the religious Pharisees, all the religious leaders came out and said, what are you doing? Who gave you the right to do this? And he said, Jesus did. The very one you put on the cross, the ones that you killed, he gave me the right to do this. So they took him. They arrested him. Told him to shut his mouth. Don't you ever talk about this Jesus again. Look how Peter responds in Acts 4, chapter, verse 13. When they saw the courage of Peter and John and realized that they were unschooled, ordinary men, just like me and you, unschooled, ordinary men, they were astonished. And they took note that these men, say it with me, that these men had been with Jesus. That's where boldness comes from. Now all of a sudden, the very guy that was cowering to a little slave girl, no, no, I don't know this Jesus, is standing before all the religious leaders and saying, you did this to him. You're the ones. Where does boldness come from? This intimate relationship with Jesus. Church, please hear my heart. Can we have that exact same relationship with Jesus? Yes, we can. Is it the exact same Holy Spirit? Yes, it is. Then what's stopping us? We are. We are. Peter is released from jail after they arrested him. And he goes back to all of his followers, not to, to, his, to his friends, to the other followers of Christ. Look at what it says in Acts 4, verse 29. Now, Lord, 
consider their threats. This is their prayer. This group of people, this is their prayer. Lord, consider their threats and enable your servants to speak your word with great boldness. Oh, if there's anything I ask God, give me boldness. I want to change the world for the king with great boldness. Stretch out your hand to heal and perform miraculous signs and wonders through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. After they prayed, the place they were meeting was shaken, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke the word of God boldly. This is the guy that denied him just a few chapters ago. So what do we have to do? We have to learn from our failures. I can promise you that if I get a chance ever again for God the Father to say, Dean, go put your hands on that leper and heal him. Woo, we're going to have a healing party. Here we go. Because I ain't backing down again. So now as I get ready to go to Africa in just a couple of weeks, I pray, God, please, let me do some supernatural things because I know you want to see it done. You see, boldness is not a spiritual gift, and boldness moves God. Number three, boldness makes you do stupid things. Boldness makes you do stupid things. Now, I need you to understand, Mark and I are two peas in a pot. I'm older and bigger, and that could be about the only difference. And if you know your pastor at all, you know he is stupid. Would you agree with that? That's the best they've answered yet. <laughs> so, I'm shocked that Mark or I have never been stabbed, shot, broken in half from the stupid things that we do. But it's the truth. But that's not the stupid I'm talking about. I'm talking about the kind of stupid that would make a woman chase after her child that has a man twice her size running off with it. That's the kind of stupid things that I'm talking about. On my third trip in Africa, you leave on a Monday morning, and you fly 13 hours to Rome, and you get a couple-hour layover, and then you fly another 13 hours to Dar es Salaam, and you get to Dar es Salaam at midnight, and then you have to be at the Dar es Salaam airport at 5.30, so it's just basically time to take a shower and catch your breath. And then it's another three-hour flight to Tabora, where our church is. And, and then you've got the drive, and then finally you show up at Tabora after lunch, and you just take a shower, get something to eat, and I'm taking straight to the church because a Wednesday night service. And on my third trip, the church is packed out. When I say packed out, 100 to 150 people in the chairs and standing around with the, of the sides. I mean, it's packed out, though. And God really laid on my heart to do a message about boldness. I mean, it wasn't this, I was, but I was talking about we need people to be bold in Africa because you've got so many Muslims and you've got so many different religions. We need you to be bold. And right in the middle of the message, these two government vehicles come up. That's, that's, that's not that surprising because a lot of times when Americans show up, they want to come and congratulate us and thank us and, and love on us because they know we're bringing money and hope for the people. But these jokers get out carrying AK-47s. And I had never seen an AK-47 except at the bank and in town, but not out in the village where we were. And I went about two, three minutes after that, one of them waved at me, one of the other Americans, and said, Dean, you need to come here. So I go over there, and the two guys with AK-47s are standing between the guys doing the talking. And I come walking up, and he did not have a good look in his eye. He said, are you the pastor? I said, are you talking of this church? Or he said, are you Pastor Dean Herman? I said, yes, sir. He said, were you just preaching the Bible? My exact words were, yes, sir, you, you heard me. You saw me. Yes, sir. And when there's AK-47s, you say, yes, sir, a lot. <laughs> he said, do you have your passport? I said, yes, sir. And I gave it to him. He said, your visa does not give you the right to preach the gospel. 
I said, that's the same thing I've always gotten. I, I, he said, I'm going to have to take your passport with me. You don't lose your passport. And I reached over and I grabbed it and said, no, sir, it stays with me. You take me if you have to, but I'm, you can't have my passport. He said, this is what's going to happen. I need you and your friends, all five of you, at the immigration office at, five, at 8 o'clock in the morning. We went back to the room and we had a decision to make. I'd been in Africa a total of about five hours, in Tabor about five hours. You see, they wanted us to leave. As we went back to the room, we began to pray and talk and said, guys, there's a good chance we're going to jail. Do we go to jail? Or do we get in a plane and get out of here and head back home? And as we were praying, I said, guys, hold on, look at me. All the men looked at me and I said, I ain't going nowhere. Because my king said, if they persecuted me, they will persecute you. And my king had said, not everything's going to be easy. But if you're going to make a difference for me, there's going to be some troubles and there's going to be some trials. Dean, I've put you here on purpose. And I heard God say, you don't go nowhere. And I'd done promised him I'd never back down again. I said, guys, I ain't going nowhere. I can't talk for you, but I'm going to be at that office tomorrow morning at 8 o'clock. And they all agreed. So we played rummy. And waited for 8 o'clock. We showed up. The immigration office officer said, you're fine. We're glad you're here. You see what had happened. Some Muslims had paid the governments to come and try to scare us off because they thought we would leave like all the other Americans did. And because of this, listen to me, church. Please hear my heart. Because of us staying, we now have an open door into Tabora. They welcome us every time we show up, applaud us for coming, and have said we will give you uh, government officials with AK-47s to protect you as you're here. And I'm convinced the reason we now have that open door into that city is because of us being willing to stand up in a time of trial and temptation. Are you with me? I believe God the Father wants to do the exact same thing with you. He wants to open doors and lay a road for you to go and change this city, but you got to be bold to start it off. You see, boldness will make you do stupid things. And as I walked back into that group full of people who'd just seen the AK-47s, they'd just seen us threatened, they said, Pastor Dean, what are you going to do? I said, we're going to preach the gospel, and I'm going to challenge you to be bold for him. And I'm doing the same thing to you this morning. You see, boldness will make you do stupid things. Jesus has been crucified. Mark, 4, Mark 15, 43 says, Joseph of Arimathea, a prominent member of the council, who was himself waiting for the kingdom of God, went boldly to Pilate and asked for Jesus' body. He's already been crucified. He's dead on the cross. Joseph should have been killed for even asking such a question. You see, but boldness will make you do stupid things for the king. Number four, if you hadn't heard anything else, catch this, church. Number four, boldness causes others to follow. Boldness causes others to follow. We have an epidemic in America of people advertising their sin. And once they advertise their sin, those who have the same sin begin to follow. Why aren't Christians doing that? Why aren't we standing up for what we believe in? We can't even pray in schools anymore. Our, our country is headed straight to the sewer. And I blame the church for it. 
because we are not standing up for what we believe in. Would you agree, church? Jesus said, I have come that you may have life and have it to the full. But what we've done is we've taken our full, we've taken it into the privacy of our own church or the privacy of our own home and prayed that others would do something. God's not waiting on others to do something. He's waiting on, he's waiting on us, church. He's waiting on us. He's asking, do you want to go do something big for me? Then do it and others will follow. You know the story of David and Goliath? Israelites are on this side of the valley and all the Philistines are over here and there's this great big giant just cursing God and hollering and David shows up and says, no, no, sir, no, sir, you ain't going to do that. He walks down there and he kicks that giant's rear end. 1 Samuel 17, 51 and 52 says this. David ran and stood over him. This is after he killed him. He took hold of the Philistine's sword and drew it from the sheath. And after he killed him, he cut off his head with the sword. When the Philistines saw that their hero was dead, they turned and ran. Then the men of Israel and Judah surged forward with a shout and pursued the Philistines. It took one, hear me, one for a whole nation to follow. Why can't I? Why can't Pastor Mark? Why can't you be that one in South Carolina? There's no different than us and Peter. It's the same kind of human body, the same Holy Spirit. The only difference is a lack of love for Jesus. Here's the truth in the American church. We are consumed with our heaven ticket. I got my heaven ticket. I'm going to heaven. I'm good. I'm basically the hell with everybody else. Is that a fair assessment, church? Because I can ask how many of you have led somebody to Jesus this week, this month, this year, and few would raise their hands. I just left a fundraiser from Myrtle Beach uh, this past Thursday night. I spoke to 100 people who grew up in the church. I asked, how many of you grew up in the church? They all raised their hands. We raised $25,000 to put a roof on a, on a school, on a church in Haiti that night. But I started by asking this question. How many of you have led someone to Jesus this week? Nobody raised their hand. How many of you led somebody to Jesus this month? Nobody raised their hand. How many of you led someone to Jesus this year? One person raised their hand. That's why our country's going to hell. Because we're consumed with our own kingdoms and not the kingdom of God. Stand up. Be bold for Christ. And others will follow. Number five, I want to finish. Boldness is just a heart thing, guys. Boldness is a heart thing. That woman was willing to put her life on the line for her baby because she was radically in love with Jesus. The greatest commandment says it perfectly. Someone came up and said, Jesus, what's the greatest commandment? And Jesus responded, love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind. This is the first and the greatest commandment. The second's like it. Love your neighbors yourself. But it all started right here. Love me with all your heart. How many of you were saved and baptized at four points? Raise your hand real quick. Okay, a few of you. How many of you, through the course of the time that you've been coming, I don't care if it's a month, a year, a year and a half, how many of you have seen your life improved in your walk with Christ? You've seen your walk improved because of the ministries of Four Points. Raise your hand real quick, okay? Bunch of you. Why don't you go tell others? Just go tell people the greatest, the absolute greatest tool you have is your testimony. I was blind and now I see. 
That guy didn't know anything about Jesus. He knew nothing about the Bible. But he knew that Jesus Christ had saved, changed his life forever. If that's true about you, go, go tell the world. Finish with this. 2 Timothy 1.7 says, For God did not give us a spirit of timidity, but a spirit of, say it with me, a spirit of power. What you waiting on? Make this very simple and very clear. I ask you at the very beginning of, this, of the message, if you'd allow the Holy Spirit to speak into your life and if he did, to respond. So every eye open, every head up. I'm ask you a very simple question. How many of you would agree that you need boldness when it comes to your walk with Jesus Christ? Raise your hand real quick. Look at the hands, guys. It's all of us. It's all of us. So let me be very clear with what I'm about to do. I don't want to trick anybody. I don't, I'm going to ask you to repent of sin. Because if God the Father has commanded us, has told us to do something such as heal a leper, and we don't do it, you know what that's called? Sin. When Jesus said, I need you to tell that person about, my, about me, and you didn't do it, you know what that was called? Sin. First thing we need to do as a group of believers is we need to repent of sin. Would you agree with me? We need to repent. Then the second thing I'm going to ask you to do is I'm going to ask you to pray for boldness. And not only am I going to ask you to pray for boldness, I'm going to ask you to pray for God to give you opportunities. See, it's one thing to sit in here and go, oh, God, give me boldness, and then walk out the door and do absolutely nothing about it. It's another thing to pray for boldness and then ask him to give you opportunities and act upon them. But you better be careful for what you pray for. Because if you ask for opportunities, they're going to present themselves. Because Jesus wants us to go through those doors and be bold. Let's pray, guys. Every eye is closed and every head is bowed. I'm going to give you a chance to respond in just a second. Dean, you're right. Dean, this morning, I need to repent for the times that I've failed my king. If that's you, raise your hand real quick, guys. Raise your hands. Hands everywhere, of course. Hands are everywhere. Hands down. Dean, this morning, Dean, this morning, I want to pray that God would give me boldness to stand up for him and to do the things that he's commanded and asked me to do. If that's you, raise your hand real quick, church. Raise your hand. Man, there's hands everywhere, of course. Look at me. Let's do this with our eyes open, heads up. Because a relationship with Jesus Christ is not a private thing. It's a public thing. Yes, there's times of privacy when we're doing our devotion, when we're hanging out with the king. But when we walk through those doors, our walk with Christ becomes a public thing. So this is what I'm going to ask you to do. The band's going to begin to play in just a minute. I'm going to ask you to get up out of your seat. I love when people say, well, Dean, I, I, I could do it in my own seat. I, I could... If you're not bold enough to get out of a seat and remit that you need boldness in God's house, you really think you're going to do it out there in front of the world? Really? You've got to take that first step. We're going to make these first rows altars, this, this, this stage an altar. You, you make your chair an altar. I don't care. But I'm going to ask you to get up, get out, and admit that you need boldness. Ask for forgiveness and ask for opportunities. And then go out and change the world for Jesus. Lord Jesus, I love you so much. I thank you for who you are and for what you are. And I pray that right now that you truly speak into the hearts and lives of so many of your children. 
Help us to leave this place with boldness and a desire to go out and change this city for you. I ask this in the holy, sweet name of Jesus. Amen. Stand up with me. Who's first? Who's going to say, that's me, Dean. I need to come and take care of this. It's up to you. Guys, I'm going to ask everybody to have a seat real quick. We're going to do baptism in just a second, but um, Patty, if you don't mind um, to keep playing for a minute, I, I just, it's either the Lord or uh, I'm hungry, Pastor Dean, so I don't know which one it is for sure, but I decided that I'm going to practice what, uh, what you preached just now. Because uh, I just feel like, man, we tell you to be bold, and, and so Christ followers in the room, you know you have something to act upon. And when we leave here, we're supposed to be bold. But in just a second, Devin Moore and, and um, I'm sorry, Nick Bain is about to come down and be baptized because they followed Jesus. And I feel like some of you guys either need to do the same or have done the same and need to be baptized right now. And so two things, and everybody's looking. I'm not going to let you bow your head because we're going to be bold. But like some of you guys came down this morning and I wonder if you've ever trusted Christ as your Savior because if you haven't, you can have great intentions and walk out the door and not be changed because Jesus changes your heart. Jesus captures you. His grace overwhelms you and that's how we have boldness. It's because of what he does inside of me that what comes out is boldness. And so I just want to know in your lives right now, in every single person, I don't care if you've grown up in church and you've been in church for 50 years or if today's the first time you've heard the gospel, I want to know, is there anyone in this room right now that would be bold enough to say, Pastor Mark, I need my life to change, and I need Jesus to come in my life and to save me. Right now, I need that. I just want you to raise your hand in front of everybody. You don't care because you know how much you need it. Thank you. Thank you. Why don't y'all put your hands together? Who else? Will you come up here? Just stand right here. Who else? Who else? Hey, listen. If someone scored a touchdown at the football game that you were at, is that how you would clap? I think we should get to our feet, and I think we should celebrate what God is doing in this house this morning. What I want you to do, what I want you to do is go back and see those two ladies right there, and they're going to they're gonna talk to you. And listen, if you want to get baptized right now, we got some clothes, and we can baptize you right now. Um, is there anybody else? Is there anybody else that would say right now, I want to trust Jesus Christ as my Savior. I mean it. I want to be saved. Is there anybody else? Anybody else that you say, that's me? Hey, listen, I'm just going to ask you to do this, and it's crazy, and I've really thrown the staff and volunteers for a loop. But if you need to get baptized, that's what I want you to do right now. I want you to stand up. We have shorts, dark shorts, dark shirts. We have your size, even my size, so that's big, right? Uh, we have your size, so just go on back, and we'll get you changed quick. And um, hopefully we got three people to baptize, but at least.